Anyone that's actually lost a child knows more than what I dealt with. Right. Um, and then to lose a spouse, I did end up getting divorced. Going through a divorce was the hardest thing. I thought it was hard to get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. I thought it was hard to have a sick daughter, but she lived, but my marriage died. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. So my next guest had a period in her life for about three years where the saying would very appropriately apply, when it rains, it pours. She was hit by a car while riding her bike. Then her daughter was diagnosed with kidney disease. And shortly after her husband told her he no longer wanted to be married. She is a wife, mother of five daughters. She has been studying health and wellness for the 10 years and she is a licensed massage therapist. She's presented on health, relationships, and lifestyle on radio and other events. And she is a lover of nature, hiking, running, cycling, water and snow skiing, yoga, and strength training. She also is an avid reader, and she spends time each day meditating and connecting with her spirit and with God. I am happy to introduce to you today, Sarah Gowans. Sarah, are you ready to share your story of hope? Yes, I am. Awesome. So let's dive in. Let's start with what started this all. I guess it was the accident when yeah. you were hit by a car when riding your bike. Yeah. So I was cycling with a group of friends mm -hmm. and we were coming down a hill. Um, I was probably going 25, 30 miles an hour. And it was about 7, 7.30 in the morning. So the sun was just coming up over the mountains. And a car was headed eastbound. I was headed west down that road. And he stopped to make a left-hand turn, which would have put him across my path. And apparently the sun was in his eyes or something. He just did not see this group of bikers coming down the road. So he made that left-hand turn right in front of my bike. Oh, no. <laughs> so I hit his car with my head and face and shoulders <laughs> oh, going about 25, 30 miles an hour. And it was probably one of the most painful things I've ever experienced up to that point. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I hit, I hit him and went immediately to the ground. Um, the ambulance was called and they, you know, checked me out and made sure everything was okay. Took me to the emergency room and miraculously, I did not have any broken bones. Wow. You must have been wearing your helmet. <laughs> I was wearing my helmet, yes. <laughs> Um, I had some chipped teeth. I had a big gouge out of my chin, but no broken bones. So wow. it was pretty amazing, but it did, it was so painful. And I just remember laying there on the ground, just thinking, oh my gosh, this hurts so bad. I can barely even breathe mm -hmm. and didn't think that anything could hurt as bad as that. But little did I know, right? <laughs> that was just kind of my little wake up call to life is about to change for you and it's time to do some growing. 
Oh my goodness. If, if only, I've often wished that life had like a weather forecast. <laughs> Sunny skies for you today. Oh, sweet. <laughs> or rain clouds into, in the distance. Pack your rain gear, you know, or something like that. But unfortunately, we just can't know, can we? <laughs> I know. And I don't know if I would want to know or not. <laughs> right? Sometimes. That's true. Maybe it's better that we don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to know what's ahead. Just let me enjoy this moment today because it's a good one. <laughs> oh, there you go. So this recovery. So you, it must have taken you time to recover from a crash like that. It did. It actually, I recovered quicker than I thought I would because I think because I didn't have any broken bones. Right. Um, and I have some great specialists that I go to and just healthcare practitioners that really helped get me back on track, get, you know, my body working again. And, um, and I, I take pretty good care of my body so it, it can heal quickly. Um, yeah. So it took, it did take some time. I had to, you know, be, on bed rest for a little bit, but, um, it was just the course of a couple weeks, I guess. Right. So you, you'd think that would have been more, but yeah. So the importance of having good healthcare practitioners <laughs> to help you when you're feeling down and, and take time to take care of your body when you need yeah. it. And, and you probably, it was probably a good thing you did because you were going to need your strength yeah. in the months and years ahead, right? Yeah. So the ironic thing is, is that that was my physical, like that was physical pain, but what was yet to come was more emotional and spiritual pain. But I would take that physical any day sometimes over the emotional and spiritual pain that was yet to come. Right. Well, let's just segue into the next thing. So shortly after this, your daughter started having some health challenges. Walk us through that. So she was um, seven years old at the time. And she, she, I was watching her one day and I realized she looked heavier all of a sudden, Uh like maybe she'd put on some weight. And I thought, well, that's strange. We haven't really changed, you know, her activity level or our eating habits or anything. And I asked my husband, I said, did, did you notice that she, you know, seems to be putting on some weight and he goes, no, she's just stocky. She's always been more stocky than our other girls. And she's just more muscly. She's athletic and, um, you know, she played soccer or whatever. And so he's like, she's fine. But then, um, a few days go by and I was getting ready to bathe her. Mm -hmm. And so she took her shirt off and her pants off and I just, my jaw just dropped. I could not believe how swollen her little body was. Wow. Um, her ankles and legs were swollen. Her belly was swollen. I just was shocked that I hadn't noticed it before then. And I thought, this is not right. And I had also noticed as she came up the stairs that morning that her eyes were swollen. Really? And her eyelids were kind of swollen. And she was having a hard time opening her eyes because of all that swelling. And I just said to my husband, something's wrong. This right. is not normal. And so we made a doctor's appointment. Um, we took her into her pediatrician. And, um, he did a bunch of, he, you know, took a urine sample and some blood samples and did, he said like, let us test and see if we can figure out what's going on here and I'll get back to you. So we went home and then got a call from the doctor's office asking us to come back in. And this time he called us back to his private office. Oh, (laughs) so I thought, okay, this is serious because he's not just sending us to the waiting room. He's bringing us into his personal office. Right. 
So anyway, so we went back there to talk with him and he said, I think that your daughter has a kidney disease. Um, obviously he's not a kidney specialist, so he couldn't treat her, um, for that per se. But he, he did tell us, he said, you know, I studied under a, a doctor for a time who was a nephrologist, which a nephrologist is a kidney specialist. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, so I know a lot more about the kidneys than most pediatricians would. So the signs that I'm seeing here, I think maybe she has minimal change disease. And of course I'd never heard those words oh, before. So me either. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't really know what that means, but I found out eventually what that meant. So he, um, he re referred us to primary children's hospital to actually it was university healthcare, um, to the nephrology section of that hospital and, and to a specialist there. And I realize now looking back, what a blessing that was for us to, for that pediatrician to just happen to have studied under a nephrologist to mm. recognize those symptoms so quickly. Cause he told us, you know, it usually, um, doctors won't know that it's the kidneys right off. And so they'll just say, okay, change their diet or try this or that. And time goes by and it's, and that's really dangerous for the patient. And so that was the first blessing that I really noticed in that our journey with her health with, um, just that he, he saved us all that time. Right. And we were able to just go straight right to the to the root, to the cause of it. And that is what she ended up having was minimal change disease. So, wow. Why don't you just quickly summarize what minimal change disease is for those of us who don't know? Like so, me. <laughs> yeah. so what it is, it's a, as I said, it's a kidney disease that has to do with the kidneys. So our kidneys filter blood, you know, numerous times a day, the blood runs through the kidneys and clean up the blood. Um, so there's little filters that are, um, supposed to filter out certain things and keep certain things in the bloodstream. So in our bloodstream, there's a little something called proteins and the proteins are supposed to stay in the blood, but the filters in Hallie's kidneys weren't working properly. And so the proteins that are supposed to stay in the blood were spilling out into her urine. Oh. So that's kind of the, the easy answer on it. Um, okay. So, and that causes inflammation in so the body. The, yeah. So it causes edema. So okay. the body just holds all this liquid. And I mean, she gained probably 20 pounds in a day. I mean, it's oh, just wow. a couple of days, you know, I mean, it's just quick that they'll just retain fluid uh -huh. um, and have that edema and that swelling. And so, like I mentioned earlier, she would wake up in the morning and her eyelids would be so swollen. She just couldn't open her eyes and, um, the, the whole rest of her body was also just really swollen and it gets really dangerous for them as they retain more and more and more fluid. So because those proteins are spilling out into the urine instead of staying in the bloodstream where they're supposed to be. So the reason why it's called minimal change disease is if you took a, a section of the kidneys and looked at it under a microscope, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to see any difference and it would look normal, Oh, but, um, under just a normal microscope. But if you looked at it under a stronger microscope, an electron or something mm -hmm. microscope, then you can see the difference in that the filters are not how they should be. And so, um, yeah. So under a normal microscope, it, it's normal. It looks like it's minimal change. So that's why they call it interesting disease. There you go. So, so you were able to get to a specialist. Mm-hmm. And 
did she heal right away? Is this something that is quickly healed? Talk me through that. So for us, we didn't know what exactly that meant. And it was, I think one of the reasons it was so traumatizing for me and for our family um, was we didn't know, does this mean that she's going to have eventual kidney failure and is this going to take her life? Right. Or is it something that we'll be able to, you know, get on top of? Um, the doctors did have, you know, a, a positive prognosis that they thought that they'd be able to, you know, manage it with medication, um, steroids specifically, but it, but it's high doses. In fact, I realized the seriousness of this when he, pers- he gave her the original prescription for, for prednisone was what mm-hmm. they put her on. And, um, I took that prescription to her pharmacist, to our pharmacist. And the pharmacist looked at it and said, this is for a seven-year-old girl. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you need to take it back. I think he made a mistake. This is way too much, way too high for a seven-year-old girl. Oh, wow. And I just burst into tears because I knew it was not wrong. It just, she had to have that massive dose of steroids um, to just kick those kidneys into gear or to do, you know, whatever needed to happen. And so it, it just... I didn't want to have to have her go through that with her little body to just have those massive doses of steroids. But obviously, you know, to save your child's life and to um, help them to find comfort, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do and the doctor knows what to do. And so, yeah, so we filled that prescription and um, started the, the course of medications to help just get things back to where they needed to be. So we were hopeful that that would, you know, resolve and help her to find some relief from this swelling because it was quite painful for her. Um, So it was really hard as a mother because as time went on, she didn't respond right away to the medication. And so she would continue to have this edema and it was really painful for her. And there were, she, I remember specifically one night she came to us And, um, she just was in tears and just said, mom, it feels like there's knives in my legs. Please make it go away. And I know it was, it was just hard. And you watch a child go through this kind of pain Mm -hmm. and, um, you want to take it away as a mom. You just want to be able to take that away. And I, and I had so much faith, you know, through my whole life, I've always had faith and I've always, you know, believed in prayer and I've always known that God is there and that he'll answer right. you know, our, our questions and, and help us when we're in need. And so I, it was natural for me to say, Hallie, let's say a prayer, you know, right. you have this pain, heavenly father will help us. And so, um, let's pray. And so we would pray and I would just pray my heart out and just heavenly father, please take this pain away from her. She's in so much pain. And, um, it, nothing changed. She Mm. just would still be in so much pain and eventually she'd cry herself to sleep. And so this would, this went on for a while and the medication just for some reason, it wasn't kicking in right away. And so that was really hard to watch. And after a while of this, um, so, and I should backtrack and say, so they put her on those high doses of steroids. Yes. Then that would kick in and, 
and she would start to lose the weight, but then they didn't want her on those high doses for very long. Sure. And so they would start to taper down. Uh huh. But every time we would taper down, she would relapse again and, and oh, start no. gaining weight again. And so it was this cycle and it would happen over the period of weeks and months, um, that she would go back on the high doses, finally start losing fluid. Then we'd start to taper down so that it wasn't so hard on her body. Yeah. And then she would start to retain again. Oh no. And anyway, just going through that cycle. And so as she was, would come to us in pain, it was the times when she was retaining so much fluid that it was just, I guess, pressure. I don't know. And she mm-hmm. just, as she explained, it, it was like knives in her legs, she would say. Right. But, um, so it was more than once that that would happen, that she would come to us yes. just crying and in pain and, and every time I would say, let's pray. And mm-hmm. so we did. And just it, it didn't seem to change. Right. And so um, one day we did it again. She came to me and she was in pain. And I said, let's say a prayer. And she said, she just looked at me and said, Mom, we've said prayers. Prayers don't work. Oh. It just, it doesn't work. It doesn't help. And my heart just sank because I just remember thinking, well, she's kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are saying these prayers and just, it doesn't seem to be changing anything. And, but I didn't want her to lose faith at such a young age that prayer didn't work. Right. And so I, that night went to my knees and prayed to God and just said, please help me. I'm, I almost started losing faith myself. Honestly, mm-hmm. it, it kind of became a little bit of a faith crisis for me because I thought, you know what? I, um, I have believed in God my whole life and, but things have been pretty good for me up until now. And this was probably up, up until that time, that was the hardest trial that I had ever experienced. Right. And, um, and so I just remember thinking, man, I'm praying so hard and she's right. Nothing's changing. Mm -hmm. And so is God really there? I right. mean, cause I, my child could die here yeah. and I'm trying to do the best that I can with her. And, um, just, it seems like God is silent mm-hmm. and I really did begin to doubt, is God really there? Mm-hmm. And it, I thought about it a lot and I just thought, what do I really believe? Do I really believe that he's going to answer our prayers? And if all it takes for me to disbelieve in him is something as simple as my daughter getting sick and the possibility of us losing her. If that's all it takes for me to not believe anymore, how deep is my faith? What do I believe? Right. And do I have faith or not? Because up to that point, I had prayed so many prayers and just felt silence. Honestly, it didn't feel like I got any answers. I, God was being silent. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming to the point where I just realized, you know what, either I have faith or I don't have faith. I don't feel him right now. I don't hear him right now, but I can choose faith or not. And it was a really pivotal, pivotal moment for me because I, I remember it really distinctly of, do you, do you have faith or do you not? Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know what I do, I'm going to choose faith right now, even though it feels like God is silent. I'm going to just, I'm going to choose faith. And so 
Tell me how you arrived at that decision for people that are on that same, maybe pivotal point right now. What helped nudge you towards faith? I think it was um, a combination of a few things. I think, well, I think part of it was I was taught that from the time I was little. Yeah. Um, and so it was just ingrained so deeply in my soul that I just knew that, you know, it's just always is what I believed and what I thought. And, um, up until that time, I might've said, you know, Oh, I, I haven't, I don't feel anything right now, but I knew there were times in the past when I had had prayers answered and I had experiences where I knew God was there. And so I think just drawing on those past experiences and saying he might be silent right now for whatever reason. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just thought I knew that my faith was deeper than that right? because, and I think it was because of choices I made in the past to, I chose to read my scriptures. I chose to pray. I chose to, you know, do things that brought me closer to God so really, I knew he was there, even though in that moment, it didn't feel like he was there. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. So I think it was the power of remembrance, remembering mm -hmm. the things that when we have had answers, mm -hmm. that was the tipping. Yeah. Remembering. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. No, sorry. I just wanted to make sure that we kind of dove into that a little yeah. deeper before we moved on. Yeah. So then, so you made the choice I did. I and then I we're back that. to the night where you're praying. Why am I not yeah, getting answers? So after I made that choice, that was when answers started to come or maybe mm. I noticed them more. I don't know. <laughs> mm. But so, you know, as I was praying, I just said, what should I say to her? Because in her mind, yeah, it's true nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, an answer didn't come immediately after the prayer that I prayed, but I was reading in my scriptures the next day uh -huh. and, um, I read something that just, I knew was heavenly father's answer to me. And it was a story in the scriptures where a group of people were being persecuted and under, they were slaves mm -hmm. and they, um, they were just being harassed and burdened and um, the burden that they were called to bear was so heavy that they could hardly take it. And it talks about in the scriptures how they um, just cried unto God because it, the burden was too heavy for them to handle. And um, so God answered them and said, I will make your burdens light so that you can carry what you've been asked to carry. And it just struck me mm -hmm. that he, his answer to them wasn't to take away the burden. Mm. His answer to them was to make them stronger yeah, so that they could carry the burden. And that hit me like a ton of bricks Yeah, because I realized, you know what? Heavenly Father's telling me, Sarah, I'm not going to take away this burden right now. It's for your good that you, and for Hallie's good too, that, you know, she, she needs to go through this. It's part of her journey. Right. And so I realized it wasn't right for me to try to pray that away from her, from, for me or for her. Yeah. And so, um, 
I knew I needed to change my prayer and pray that we would be able to be strengthened so that we could bear that burden that she was being asked to carry. And I think as a parent, any parent might know this, but it's harder to watch your kids carry burdens than it is to do your own. So for me, that was its own test of faith was I kept saying, you know, give it to me. I'll take it. Just let me be the one. And, um, but it just, she needed to carry that burden for whatever reason. And so I just knew that I needed to be strong for her Mm -hmm. and to teach her that, what that answer that I got. So I took her, you know, the next day and said, here's what, you know, I was praying and this answer came to me and I kind of shared with her and I just said, we need to change our prayer that will be strengthened as you carry this burden. And, um, that was, that was a powerful moment for me. And I think for her too, to realize that God is there Yeah, and he does answer our prayers, but sometimes we need to change our prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's, that is so wise. And I'm thankful that, that you were able to come around and realize what needed to change. And it was just the questions you were asking, um, and I think that that is so applicable to any of us because so many times we do want the problem just taken away from us mm-hmm. and God doesn't take it away from us. I know I prayed for years that my boys uh, would be healed from their autism and God didn't take that away from me either. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, looking back on it now, um, I am thankful it happened, but mm-hmm but I had to learn and come to terms with it. And it going on that journey for me did strengthen me, but you're right. At times that burden is just so heavy. You don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) So you had this amazing learning experience (laughs) and how long did it take for her to come around and finally get better? So, um, it took, it was actually many years really? until she got to the point where she could taper all the way off her medication and then stay off of it and not have the proteins begin to then spill into the urine again. Um, so as I said, I mean, it's kind of hard to put in a short little po- podcast the what we went through over the period of years. <laughs> right. No, but, absolutely. Um, and it was kind of ups and downs over that period of time, but she... She ended up, um, so she did, did, she has grown out of it now and hasn't had a relapse for, let's see, she was probably, that happened when she was seven. Um, she's almost 17 now and she hasn't had a relapse since she was maybe 12. So it's been five or so years. So good. So she did grow out of it. Um, but it did take some time and she ended up, um, having to eventually go on a form of chemo to help because the prednisone just wasn't working how they hoped that it would. And, um, so it was a long journey for her and it was a long journey for us because we didn't know, 
you know, my biggest fear was that she's going to end up in kidney failure, that her kidneys just aren't going to work. She's going right. to have dialysis. And this was worst case scenario in my brain as a mom. Why do we do that as parents? <laughs> or just I in just life in general, we always imagine it's just going to be so awful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was my biggest fear is she's going to end up in kidney failure and then she's going to die. <laughs> and so I think I made it bigger in my head. I, it was just, again, I needed to have faith. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing I should say is that um, all along the way, as I was so worried about her, um, I would ask for blessings and she would ask for blessings mm-hmm. to be given to her to help. And every single time she had a blessing, Heavenly Father would say, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> everything is going to be okay. And I would think, okay, everything's going to be okay. And then she would relapse or it would get worse. Cause right. like I said, it kind of went downhill for a while where she ended up having to go on chemo and go anyway, it would get worse. And then I would say, but you said it was going to get better. <laughs> and then it got worse. And so it just was a test of faith for me because I thought these prayers or these blessings are not being answered. Right. He's telling me everything's going to be okay. And then it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, it was just a test of faith and God's timing is always different than our timing. <laughs> that was a big lesson. Why isn't that the truth? <laughs> that was a big lesson that I learned. And so now at the point where we are today, looking back all those years ago, everything is okay. Right. She's okay and we're okay. <laughs> but I just thought it meant right then. Yeah. And so I learned patience mm-hmm. and I learned about God's timing and that it's usually different than our own. So yeah, patience, never pray for that. Right. (laughs) I wasn't even praying for it. He just knew I knew I needed it. And I did looking back now at the person that I was then and who I am now after having gone through my life experiences, I, I was not patient then at all. And I Mm -hmm. think I've gained some through these experiences. Yeah. So I'm getting there. But yeah, I just, my faith needed to be strengthened in, okay, everything just doesn't happen instantaneously. Right. You've got to have faith, maybe for years. Yeah. Not just for a minute and not just for the next day. Yeah. But for years sometimes. Oh, these lessons take time, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yep. But that's okay. That means we're true. And I think the those lessons take time because... It's, he's working with our insides, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's changing our hearts and how we think and how we feel and how much faith we have. And those aren't things you can just instantly build quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. They they just take time and it's by doing slow and little things every day and, and keeping faith when you feel like giving up or when things aren't going the way you thought they would, that it helps us change and grow inside. And so, and I think that's God's ultimate purpose is to help mold us and change us to become better people. And so we just have to be patient through that growth process, growing pains, right? (laughs) And it's usually through those hard things is when we grow and when we change. And yeah, and I, I learned that lesson too. (laughs) That is awesome. So let's segue on to uh, your marital challenges. Uh, Why don't you talk us through that? Yeah. So um, I got hit by the car in August Uh of that that year. Um, 
our daughter became sick in September. <clears throat> and then, so we were dealing with that. And then in January, my husband came to me one day and he just said, I don't think I love you anymore. And I don't think I want to be married anymore. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm smack in the middle of taking care of my daughter. I mean, I'm getting up with her in the nights and giving her the medication that she needs. And I had her on, I also had her going to a nature path as well mm -hmm. to try to counteract. I had her on some natural holistic stuff to mm -hmm. kind of counteract the high doses of steroids that she was on and help support her body through that. And so, you know, I would have to get up in the night to give her these supplements and besides the medication that she right. was on anyway. So it was a heavy load that I, and we had to change her diet and all these different things. And so as I'm doing that, now my husband comes to me and says, um, I just, I can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to be married. Or he, he said he wasn't sure. And so I didn't really know what to do with that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that must've been just crushing. I, it was devastating. Um, I, you could have knocked me over with a feather after he said those words to me. I had no idea. I knew that he was unhappy at times and, you know, that we needed to work on our marriage. There were, I, there were things I knew that we could do better and I could do better, but I had no idea that it had gotten to that point for him to the right. point where he was thinking about divorce. Um, it just, I don't know if I was just oblivious or what, but it's a little distracted probably. <laughs> I, I was shocked. Yeah. I really was surprised. And so I just said, okay, well, I, we can, we can get through this. You mm -hmm. know, if, if that's how you're feeling, um, let's, let's tackle this head on, you know, let's go to counseling. We'll, we'll fix it. Never in my mind was divorce an option for me. It just, right. at that stage, I just thought I, I was married to you and sealed for eternity and I'm in this forever. Right. So let's fix this. Mm -hmm. And so I set up an appointment with a counselor and we started going to marital counseling and, um, you know, tried to see what was going on and what needed to be fixed and what changes needed to be made. And so we did that for a little while, but he just, um, he just wasn't sure that he wanted to be married and he was still just kind of on the fence. And one day our counselor said to him, um, you know, I, I can't counsel someone who is unsure of whether you want to be married or not. So mm -hmm. you need to decide either you're in or you're out. And then if you're in, then I can counsel you and let's do this. But if you're not sure, I, there's nothing that I can do. And at that point he just still couldn't decide. And so he, he stopped coming to counseling because the counselor, you know, said, I can't help you until you decide. And so right. he said, well, I need some time to think about it. And, um, and so I just, I really wasn't sure what to do. So I just kept going to counseling on my own for me right? to be able to, to deal with that situation and that circumstance as he was figuring out his stuff on his end. Um, and that was really hard. It, it lasted for, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but it was probably at least a good year mm -hmm. that uh, we were kind of in that limbo stage. Limbo is so hard. It is so hard. And I came to realize how much I really hate limbo. <laughs> Me too, sister. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it, limbo is hard. 
and anyone that knows that's in there knows what I'm talking about because it's at least if you have a direction, you can move towards that goal and go there. But when you're just kind of waiting and you can't move forward, it's, it's hard. And actually there was kind of some symbolism in that for me because I think heavenly father wanted me to have that space and that time. I really needed to work on myself and make some changes. Mm -hmm. There was a book that I read at that time that council recommended, um, called the road less traveled. And that book really started an inner journey for me, um, that I just knew I needed to work on myself, regardless of whether my marriage would work out or not. Mm -hmm. I needed to work on me. And so that I, I was okay. Right. And that I was okay, independent of my spouse, which is how it should be anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And I came to realize through that, that I was actually very dependent on him Uh for a lot of my happiness or my security. Mm -hmm. And I realized I almost at times I would put my husband before God because Uh. I could put faith or trust in him because he was right there next to me. Um, And that was one of the things that I came to realize over the course of that next year is that I needed to rely more on God and less on man. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does actually. And I just realized the importance of that. And it's crucial really that God is first in our lives and above all else. And I thought that that's how it was, but I just realized I wasn't trusting God as much as, as I should. (laughs) Again, it was faith. He was building my faith and saying, okay, if your husband were gone, would you still have faith in me? Would I mean, right. is it dependent on, again, I just needed to learn that lesson of you just, you put me above no matter what else is happening in your life, mm-hmm. that you have faith in me and you trust me. He was teaching me to trust him is what he was doing. Yeah. So I spent that year just really, um, not sure whether I was going to be married or not in the end, because my husband wasn't sure, you know, and I can't control him. I can only control my circumstances. And, um, and so I just spent that time just really focusing on, um, strengthening my faith, strengthening my character, finding out who I was, regardless of anything that's going on in in my exterior life. Who am I just as a, a daughter of God? And, um, regardless of being a mother or a wife or anything else. Yeah. Who is Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the things, obviously you read that book and we'll be sure to mention it in the show notes so people can find it. So you, you read books, probably did some prayers. Were there any Mm -hmm. other tips that you can share that really helped you discover who you were and be confident in it, I guess would be the question. Yeah. Um, I, just prayer and meditation. Um, I really learned how to meditate during that time. And I think it's important. I mean, meditation looks different for everybody. Sure. Um, for me, it was taking time every morning to sit down and I would get my kids off to school. And, uh, you know, I was at a stage where I didn't have little ones at home. And so I would get them all off to school during the day. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they were gone, I would sit down and I would, um, meditate for a little bit and just kind of try to like clear out the negative junk that might be there. Just, 
even saying positive affirmations, right. um, just releasing negative stuff so that I was in a, a more balanced and clear state. Mm-hmm. And then I would just um, pray after I meditated and cleared out the yuck. Then I would just pray and just send up prayers to God and just kind of talk to him. I really learned during that time to talk to Heavenly Father instead of just saying a prayer. Yeah, That was a huge shift for me. Um, okay, bring me back to this in a minute because I'm going to take a tangent for a second while I'm thinking about yeah. it. Um, I, up until this point in my life, I lived the gospel of Jesus Christ through my head, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so up until that point, it was in my head. And so this experience really took it from my head and put it into my heart. Meaning, as I was saying, I would pray where before I would just say a prayer and check it off my list or I would open my scriptures and read them and check it off my list. Okay, I know in my head that I should do that. And so I'm going to do it to check it off. But it wasn't my heart wasn't in it the same way. And when I went through these experiences where my faith was being deepened and I needed God I really needed him. It was more than anything I had ever been given. Mm -hmm. It was, and I couldn't do it on my own. I could only do it with him. Yes. And so I began to study the scriptures, really searching for answers. And I began to pray and talk to God, talk to him and tell him what was going on and really ask for answers. And my favorite scripture became Philippians 4, 13. Yes. Um, I can do all things through Christ because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. It was too big and I needed him. And so I really began to lean on him and trust him more. And so going back to my kind of routine that really strengthened me was, um, as I said, I cleaned out the yuck, um, positive affirmations through meditation and then prayer. And I would really talk to him and tell him, you know, these are my concerns for the day. Here's my gratitude for the day because gratitude is so important. Um, and then I would just sit and be still and just, you know, I sent the prayers and energy up and then I would just see what he would send. I would sit for a a few minutes, but then I would open my scriptures and read. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe how often he spoke to me through the scriptures. I just fell in love with the scriptures because that is how he speaks to us. At least that's how he speaks to me. Right. I found more answers. I mean, it was like he was just talking to me. Mm-hmm. I would send up my prayers and then I would just open my scriptures and there would be the answers right there. Wow. Kind of how I said in that earlier story where, yeah. you know, I said, what do I say to my daughter? And then yeah. I was reading my scriptures and there came that answer. Yeah. So that became a beautiful pattern that he taught me on how to commune with him. Mm-hmm. So it, it really got me through. I don't think I could have done it without, without him. Anyone that's actually lost a child knows more than what I dealt with. Right. Um, and then to lose a spouse, I did end up getting divorced. Uh-huh. Um, just through circumstances, it became evident that it was no longer right for me to be married anymore. And so, um, going through a divorce was the hardest thing. I thought it was hard to get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. I thought it was hard to have a sick daughter, but she lived, but my marriage died. Mm. 
and anyone that's, anyone that's called through a divorce knows the pain mm-hmm. that comes from something like that. And you don't know until you've gone through it. Because, you know, you hear about it. I had no idea how soul-shredding it is to lose the person that you think you're going to be with forever. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, it's it's been years, and I'm happily remarried. <laughs> so, you know, life is good, and I'm happy, but you can tell it just, it, um, it's a painful thing to go through. Yeah. It brings up full pain um, sometimes, but anyway... It was hard. <laughs> yeah. So you were able to then learn to or continue to rely on God once you had that depth with him. Um, you mentioned before we started that you felt that angels were with you. Yeah. Yeah. I I had an experience um, once where I, I was going through the divorce. And as I said, that's a, that's a really painful and a hard time. I call it soul shredding because it really does shred your soul. It shreds your spirit. Um, and so I was dealing with that and everything else. And, um, I, someone had come over to drop something off or to do a quick visit or something. And and they said, you know, you're, you're holding up pretty well. You're, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're handling things really well. And I remember thinking, Oh, yeah, I kind of am, huh? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm making it through this. And um, they left and I went in the other room and I just, it was almost like all of a sudden the support that I didn't realize I was getting mm-hmm. was taken away. What I realize now is that it was angels just surrounding me. I mean, earthly angels and angels from the other side. Yes. They were, they were just with me and supporting me. And it was almost like God just showed me, Sarah, you're doing awesome because you have such an incredible support system yeah. in me and my angels and my earthly angels that are with you. And it kind of was like withdrawn for a minute. And uh-huh. I almost collapsed to the floor because I was, really? I couldn't bear what I was being called to bear. Uh-huh. And, um, I just think Heavenly Father taught me that lesson earlier with my daughter. Not only for her, but that lesson was for me too. Yeah. Because I needed to know to not change my prayer or not have my prayer be to take the burden away, but strengthen me. Mm-hmm. And so I had been praying to be strengthened. And so I was being strengthened. He was holding me up. And I truly believe that there were angels just getting me through. And I had that experience where it was just withdrawn for just a minute. Mm-hmm. And I saw, holy cow, I couldn't do this if it was, this is how it was. Mm-hmm. And then that warmth and that peace and that support just came back again. And I knew that those angels were there. And um, through that and other experiences that I had, I gained a, a firm testimony of angels with us they're with us all the time right and there's earth angels that are we see and talk to and there's angels on the other side that are just as real and they're helping us that's awesome they're there it's good to know isn't it <laughs> it's is good to know and so when we feel all alone we're really not yeah that was a, a big lesson 
for me to learn was that you're not alone. Yeah. You're never alone. That is awesome. And it's so good to know, isn't it? And I almost had to have everything taken away in a way (laughs) to have the threat of my daughter as a child being taken away. My most dearest and treasured relationship in my marriage taken away Mm -hmm. and realize, but I'm never alone. And he's always with me and he always, we just trust him and he makes it okay in the end, as Mm -hmm. he said in those blessings. Yeah. It will be okay. It will be okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Um, yeah. Okay, so why don't you, let's touch really quick on forgiveness and then talk about the power of uplifting music. So, um, yeah, forgiveness, I learned how powerful that really is and how sometimes we can't do it on our own. <laughs> oh, heavens no. We're too hurt. Yeah. And too bitter sometimes, yeah. you know. <laughs> I will tell you what, I um, when you've been hurt, as deeply as, as, how do I say that? When, when you've been hurt very deeply by somebody, um, sometimes it really is more than we can do. It's it's nice to just say, Oh, you should forgive. Yeah. But sometimes it's bigger than we can do. And, um, I, I really learned the power of the atonement through this experience because I had to utilize it over and over again. And I have, I won't go into details cause we could spend another hour <laughs> um, talking about that. But I had experiences where there were, I knew I needed to forgive and I wanted to forgive because I didn't want, uh, I'm not a, a negative and a bitter person and I didn't like how I felt um, with when I just had these yucky thoughts, you know, about another person. And I just realized I, I want to do this because I don't like how I feel. And I don't like the example that that shows to my children too, right. Of being bitter or whatever. And so, um, I remember a specific instance, like I said, I won't go into the details, but I, I needed to forgive and I couldn't, I, I literally could not do it. It was too big for me to do. And I, I dropped to my knees and I said, Heavenly Father, I know I need to do this. And so I'm going to put out the intention of forgiveness. I I really do desire. I have an inkling of faith that I want to be able to forgive, but I can't on my own. And so I'm putting this on the altar and I'm giving it to you because I just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. And um, the next time I saw that person, I knew that this meeting was coming up and that I was going to see them. And, um, and I had set that intention and I just thought I'm going to fake it till I make it. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fake like I've forgiven them mm-hmm. and then everything is, is good. Um, I'm going to put on a face and it's not being inauthentic. Mm, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. Perhaps it's that you are acting towards your intentions. Yeah. So I was authentic to myself in that I had the desire to forgive. Yes. Um, so when I, I just wanted to clarify that because when no, I say absolutely. fake it, I don't want no. to think, oh, just go around faking it all the time. <laughs> right. There's a difference. Anyway, so um, I just said I'm just going to put on this face and when I see him, I'll, I'm going to act that everything's good. So they came to the door and I opened the door and 
Tamara, I am telling you, it was like Christ came in and he took my heart and he put his heart in my heart. And I just melted. And I genuinely wanted to give that person a hug. Wow. And tell them, I forgive you. And it was not me. That was the atonement. Mm. It was Christ stepping in Mm -hmm. and doing what I could not do on my own. I knew it. I knew it was the atonement. And I just burst into tears later. (laughs) (laughs) I just sat down and I just burst into tears. And I just, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. But I knew it wasn't really me. I mean, it it was both of us together. And that's why I say that scripture, I can do all things through Christ really became my favorite scripture because it's so true. Even forgive people that are hard to forgive. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and I, you know, you hear, I mean, that's, this was painful to me, but there's people that go through so much worse. Yeah. And, you know, and I think of Corey Tamboom in The Hiding Place. Yes. And Great her, story. I mean, my goodness, what I went through is nothing compared to what she went through, but she was taught the same principle. Yeah. Because it's our, each of our pain is our own pain and it's deep to each of us. But even she was able, through the horrific things that she went through, was able to forgive through Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just learned the power of the atonement and how I get to use it in my life throughout my life. It's not something that comes in at the end and kicks in. Mm-hmm. We get to use it all the way through. And um, so that we don't have to carry that feeling of bitterness, yeah. right? Yeah. Or whatever it is that we're carrying. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, forgiveness because I was hurt so deeply by right. someone else. Um, but it might be something else for somebody else, but the principle is the same. We don't have to carry those heavy burdens on our own when it is too much for us to handle, turn it over to God and let him do it and do it with him. Yeah. And then I also learned, turn it over to him sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Sooner versus later. Don't carry it for longer than you have to, man. We don't have to wait until we're half dead before we (laughs) give it to him. He is willing to come in as soon as we're ready to let him come in. Yeah. (laughs) So that was another lesson I learned was to let him in sooner. Very good. (laughs) And not think I have to do it all on my own all the time. Yeah. Which I think we're taught to do in our society, that we're taught to be independent. But honestly, it is good to be independent as long as you have Christ beside you, right? (laughs) That's the key is you you got (laughs) it. That through Christ's heart of that scripture that is yeah, important. <laughs> absolutely. Well, what final tips can you give to somebody who is in a really dark place? You've given us some amazing, amazing pointers about letting the negative out, filling yourself with positive, connecting with God, saying meaningful prayers, um, and and really... I guess the word is yoking yourself to the Savior. You know, there's that scripture in Matthew that talks about yoking ourselves to Christ and and letting him share our burden. Um, Are there any final tips you'd like to share for someone who's really struggling? Yeah, I think there's two things that I would would say. Um, Number one, I am a music lover. I'm a musician. Mm -hmm. I love music. And there is great power in good music. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, there were times when I didn't think I could go any further. Mm-hmm. I felt really alone. I felt 
you know, I'm just, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't go on. I, even with God, I just thought I can't go on. Yeah. I would put on, there were two songs in particular. I'm happy to mention them. Yes, please share them. We will, we'll put them in the show notes so people can find them. There were two songs in particular that I had on replay during my darkest times. Um, one of them was, is a song by Matthew West. He's a Christian contemporary Christian singer, um, called strong enough. Mm-hmm. And it it really is all about that scripture that I keep mentioning um, in Philippians that I can do all things through Christ. And it is a beautiful strong song. And it just talks about how um, I'm not strong enough. And then he says, on my own. Love it. And then he kind of adds that in. And it's just such a powerful song. And I would just play it on repeat and just tell myself, I'm not strong enough on my own, but I am with Christ. And I would just listen to that song and let those words just sink into my head. And there is great power in music. Mm-hmm. And so I would utilize that. The second song was, um, it's actually a, a hymn, but um, I didn't know that at the time, but it's a song that Alex Boye recorded mm-hmm. called When Faith Endures. Oh. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And it, um in the beginning of it, it just says, I will not doubt. I will not fear. Um, now I'm going to butcher it because I, <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head. But anyway, I just would say that over and over in my head. I will not doubt. I will not fear. Faith endures. Just those simple statements I would just put on repeat in my brain. And I would play that song over and over. So I just think there's great power in music when you are given a burden that you are called to bear and it's heavy, let music help lift you because it will. There's great power. That is awesome. I love the idea of building, um, uh, dark days playlist almost. Right. Yeah. Oh, I did. I had a playlist. Another another one was this came out right at the time that I was going through my divorce was Hillary weeks, beautiful heartbreak. And that's another beautiful song that I just fell in love with because I just thought my heart is broken. Mm-hmm. But she talked about how heartbreak can be a beautiful thing and we mm-hmm. can build from it and become new. And anyway, it's a beautiful song as well. But awesome. just realizing that sometimes heartbreak is beautiful. And if it, you know, is something we're called to go through that God gave us, then I guarantee you it will be beautiful because yeah. he knows. He does ask for a broken heart and a contrite spirit, yeah. darn it. So, <laughs> Yeah. So music, so powerful. So just cut out yucky music and just put good, positive music in your life in any media for that matter. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then the second thing that I was going to say is, um, now I remembered why I wrote down journaling. Um, the second thing that I was going to say is the importance of journaling. I think whether you write your own journal or go to a therapist, Mm -hmm. but it's important to process it's when you are called to bear something that is so heavy, mm-hmm. I think you need to process it. It's so healing and helpful to be able to do that. So whether you write down, I had a mentor teach me one time, keep a notebook, a dark, a black notebook and a night, a light notebook, write down your yucky thoughts in the dark notebook, but then counteract them with light thoughts in the light. notebook. Ooh. So she would tell me, um, you know, for every one dark thought that you write down, write two light thoughts. I and, like this. Um, I have to give credit. It's Andrea Carver is her name. <laughs> She's the one that taught me that. But um, she, anyway, it was really powerful for me to write down, 
you know, you, you write the one light to counteract the negative and then you one up it with the second light one. Awesome. And so it just helps to get those negative, um, thoughts out of your head. And, and I'll tell you, the adversary will kick you while you're down. Oh, always. And he will. And so those thoughts will come in and, but you don't want to give them power and writing them on paper helps to just kind of lessen the power. It just in your head, it's big, but when you write it down, it's like, Oh, that's not as big as I thought it was. So hmm. I think there's a lot of, of power and healing that comes through journaling. Uh-huh. Um, or if you're not a writer, go to a therapist and talk it out or even a good friend, someone yeah. trusted, someone that you can trust that you can talk to. I just think it's important to process. Yeah, so. it is. It helps the healing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we all want to heal faster. So it's important that we take steps to help ourselves heal. Yeah. And, and I think it's also important that we're patient with ourselves because sometimes we do wish we were at, you know, mile marker 10 down the road and really only at 0. 0.5, no, <laughs> you know, so true. darn it. That is so true. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time thinking, I have to be like Christ. I have to be like Christ. And then one day I thought, but I'm not Christ. <laughs> nope. We're sure not. <laughs> so it's okay for uh -huh. me to be where I am. And that I would say if I ever went back and had to go through it again, heaven help me that I would be a little bit kinder to myself and allow myself to be where I am and not trying to be Christ. We can try to be like him, right? but we don't have to be him. And so just being human and allow be yourself, Sarah, right? Yeah. <laughs> allow yourself to be where you are with the intention of improving, but it, it's okay to just be where you are sometimes. So awesome. don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> This is fantastic. Oh, Sarah, you've been so generous with sharing so many wonderful lessons and pointers that I think really will help and strengthen those who are in dark times right now. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Is there a way that people can connect with you if they like to do a little shout out or say thanks or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, they can. Um, I actually have a website. I'm not currently working right now, but I do have a website for when I... I will be working again. Um, it's uh, becomingme.biz, B-I-Z. So they can go to that website and it has all my information on there. Awesome. And there's an email or however they want to reach out to me is on there. But just don't try to schedule an appointment because I'm not working right now. <laughs> so. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. And we thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Hope on. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I know that there are many of you out there that are going through a hard time and I hope you found things that have been useful today as you listen to the podcast. If you would like to access the show notes from today's podcast, visit my website. It is storiesofhopepodcast.com. That is where you'll find favorite quotes from today's episode and shareable memes. And those are fun because you can share them with your friends on social media. You will also find the links mentioned throughout today's episode, so you don't have to remember what those were. And also all the tips that were shared. Sometimes tips are shared so much throughout an episode, you forget what were those great things. So go to the show notes, storiesofhopepodcast.com to look up these fantastic resources. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a tip that they really, really need to hear. 
So go ahead and share this episode with them. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help bear that burden. Above all else, remember God loves you.